You're listening to Civic Conversations, a podcast collaboration between the League of Women Voters, Bloomington, Monroe County, and WFHB. And I'm Jim Allison, your host. We're pleased to note that you can find Civic Conversations each month on WFHB at 93.1 and 98.1 FM. Today, we welcome Julia Vaughn. Julia is Policy Director, Common Cause Indiana, and she's here to talk with us about the recent election. Julia, thanks for being here today with us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Say, Julia, as we all know, this 2020 election season has been quite a wild ride. What do you think about this year's general election? Well, wild ride is right, kind of like a roller coaster ride, and I'm ready for it to be over. Uh, Not quite yet, but I think I see uh, an end in sight. Um, You know, we, we saw amazing participation among uh, American voters give an unprecedented attempt to suppress our vote. So it's exciting that during this pandemic, Americans have figured that their voices really are important. It's important to make them heard through voting. I'm incredibly disappointed that there are elected officials, including our two senators from Indiana, still questioning uh, the presidential vote. But I, I think it really shows the resilience of American democracy uh, and certainly that damage has been done that it's going to be very important to repair uh, soon at both the state and federal level. Let's talk about the big G. Do you think that gerrymandering impacted Indiana's elections? Oh, absolutely. I think when you look at the congressional races, the lack of competition in in every district except the 5th district, which was open, of course, this time, no incumbent. Uh, Republicans managed to hold on uh, despite the changing demographics up in the uh, suburban Hamilton County part of that district. I think the fact that it extends so far out into the rural areas of of north central Indiana definitely helped the Republicans. And, you know, of course, Democrats that were already in a super minority, they lost even more seats in the Indiana House. So I think that shows that those six or seven districts they were able to claw back in uh, in 2018 uh, that the gerrymander held this year and Republicans were able to win those seats back. So absolutely. Uh, the fact that uh, we had, again, no competition or almost no competition at the congressional level and that um, super majorities of Republicans continue uh, to dominate the Indiana State House. You know, we're not a state that's 70 or 80 percent Republican, um, but that is the situation that gerrymandering has brought us to in terms of representation. Okay, let's let's talk about change. Based on historical voting patterns, did you see any changes in voting behaviors in Indiana? Well, we certainly had record high turnout here, like we've seen in, in a lot of places this election year. So that's encouraging. Uh, I know I personally spent a lot of time outside polling places on Election Day and at early voting here in Indianapolis. And I noticed younger faces, a more diverse electorate. So I'm excited about that. And again, there was this determination among people I saw this year. You know, I continued to hear over and over, and over the expression they wouldn't be making it so hard for us to vote if our students <laughs> really matter. So to me, it's exciting that I think people have finally understood 
that there's a connection between the policies that are made, the lives we're living, and the elected officials that that we vote for. So I'm encouraged. Well, that's a ray of hope. Let's talk about law a little bit. Several lawsuits were filed across the country and also in Indiana before this election. Could you say how they might have affected Indiana? Well, I think the one that would have had the biggest impact here in Indiana is one that we filed, Common Cause Indiana versus Lawson. And it was over the noon election day deadline for mail-in ballots. Uh, It's illogical to cut off uh, mail-in ballots at noon on election day. And we knew from research that we had done in the June primary that thousands of voters were disenfranchised by that. So our lawsuit was an attempt to prevent even more disenfranchisement during the general election. Uh, You know, we won that case at the Southern District, and unfortunately in Chicago at the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, it was overturned. Uh, They didn't really discuss the merits of our arguments. Uh, What they were focused on was the proximity of Election Day. Uh, You know, there's this tenant uh, that, that judges used across the country this year to turn back voting rights litigation simply because uh, they don't like to do any changes to state election laws in close proximity to the election. So because of that, and we're going to check up on this uh, starting next week, uh, we know that thousands of Hoosiers were disenfranchised because of this arbitrary and illogical deadline. So I think had that one gone our way, um, we would have presented prevent widespread uh, disenfranchisement again because of an administrative deadline. Okay. You mentioned the Seventh Circuit. It's my understanding that Judge Easterbrook of that that court has said that as long as Indiana allows in-person voting, there's no constitutional right to vote by mail. What would you think about that? Well, I'm not an expert on constitutional law, so I don't want to debate the judge on whether it's constitutional or not. I certainly believe, though, that we have to stop uh, making all of these different confusing rules as to who has the right to vote when and where. Voting should be the most inclusive thing that we do in Indiana. We should make voting one of the most convenient and accessible things that anyone can do. And so saying that, you know, you've got to have one of 11 specific reasons before you can cast your ballot by mail, uh, it's just another way to stop people from voting here in Indiana. We have the most restrictive voting laws in the Midwest some of the most restrictive voting laws in the country. It's simply too hard to vote here in Indiana. The Indiana legislature is responsible for that uh, for the for the largest part. And that's why we'll be working next year to reduce some of these barriers. Okay, well, let's talk about election reform in Indiana. This morning's Herald Times newspaper in Bloomington reports that four members of the Indiana Senate, they're the minority, proposed to eliminate partisan gerrymandering by reforming the process by which the legislature draws the district maps. And they note that right now, 51% of the voters can elect 81% of the Senate. That's Mr. Gerrymander right there. And the Senate president in the other party says that the public will be invited to meetings around the state where they can use computers to draw their own maps. What do you make of all this? 
Well, what I have heard is that the legislature is going to pretend that it's 2011 again, and they plan to set up a few computers at IU campuses across the state. Folks in Bloomington, you'll be in luck because you'd have one of those desktop computers at the IU library. But folks, it's going to be 2021. We need a web-based system for public map drawing. You shouldn't have to leave your house to access uh, redistricting data and mapping software. And in fact, we plan to provide that uh, for voters here in Indiana, Common Cause Indiana, through the All In for Democracy Coalition. Uh, We also need a group of citizens who won't run in the districts running the public testimony process. And so we will do that as well. In fact, next week, we're going to launch the application process for nine members of a citizens redistricting commission that will hold virtual public meetings around the state, take public testimony about what standards uh, Hoosiers think should drive the redistricting process. Should it be compactness? Should it be competition? Should we worry about where the incumbent lives? And then we'll also work on identifying those communities of interest that are important around our state and how they should be dealt with in terms of political redistricting. So the legislature, the Republican supermajority, they're going to do what they're going to do. We already know it's going to be a partisan gerrymander. So we're going to have to show them the way. We're going to have to show them how it's done through our Citizens Redistricting Commission. And then we will create a public mapping website, invite any Hoosier with the time and interest to draw their own districts. Our Citizens Commission will pick the best of those entries and forward them on to the General Assembly and say, these are the maps that you need to pass because these are the maps that will serve the public interest rather than your partisan political interests. Okay, well, maybe we can turn to the federal government for some help. What federal reforms might affect Indiana, like postmark dates, registration dates and systems, voting procedures, ballot security? What about those things? Well, you know, the the previous Congress has passed the For the People Act in the House, which had a comprehensive set of reforms, everything from election reform, ethics reform, election security, gerrymandering. Um, and so I think that, you know, the House will again take up those efforts. It remains to be seen who will control uh, the United States Senate. If we continue to see Mitch McConnell in control, we will continue to see democracy reform efforts thwarted. Uh, so I think there's been a lot of important proposals, but unfortunately, I think gridlock in Washington, D.C. will prevent those from becoming law in the near future. So I think we've got to chip away at this at the state level. I mean, I think the thing that Republicans in the state house absolutely can't argue against this year or next year, 2021, is no excuse absentee voting. We had it for the June primary and the sky did not fall. You know, it was well executed in most places. Marion County, we had a few problems, but we're the biggest county in the state. It was problems caused by volume and demand, so we can figure that stuff out. So I think if we we had one election reform that is really proved necessary and long overdue for 2021, it's no excuse voting by mail. Well, that sort of takes the steam out of my next question. I was going to ask you about that very thing. You've already covered it. 
but let's 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 end on this note. What can ordinary Hoosiers do to improve Indiana's elections? What can they do? Shouldn't we well, all be should we all be working as hard as we can to make it easier to vote, not harder to vote? Well, you've got to talk to your state legislators because, again, they are the ones here in Indiana who have erected these administrative barriers, like the noon election day deadline for mail-in ballots, for saying you have to have an excuse before you can qualify for a ballot. But I think next year it's got to all be about gerrymandering and the new maps because we're going to be stuck with those districts for both our congressional and state legislative elections for the next decade. So if they get to rig them like they did the maps in 2011, we're going to face another decade of very little competition in Indiana elections. And when you don't have competition, you can't hold uh, your elected officials accountable. So I want to encourage everybody, uh, if you're not signed up for action alerts at Common Cause, please go there and sign up. Because as I mentioned, next week, we're going to be starting the search for members of this Citizens Redistricting Commission. I know there are hundreds of qualified candidates in the Bloomington area. All we need are nine, three Republicans, three Democrats, and three people who are neither Republican nor Democrat. Those people will take charge of this public testimony and drive this conversation about what are those standards that should um, uh, should drive the, the redistricting process in Indiana. I would also urge people to utilize our public mapping website. Uh, that's a great way for you to have direct impact on what these new debt districts are going to look like. So I think there are going to be really hands-on opportunities for Hoosiers to have more say in redistricting than they've ever had before. Now, it would be nice if the General Assembly had made that possible, but they weren't willing to do it. So we have taken matters in our own hand. We're going to create a new redistricting process for Indiana next year. We are going to raise our voices loud and force the General Assembly to listen to us. Julia, thank you so much. I'm always eager to listen to to you say whatever you want to say about Indiana's election systems anytime. Thank you so much. And thank thank you for listening. (laughs) And thank the public for listening to us on Civic Conversations. This is Jim Allison of the League of Women Voters, Bloomington, Monroe County. And I should say that the League of Women Voters is a nonpartisan and grassroots citizen-led organization that has fought very hard since 1920 to improve our government and engage all citizens in the decisions that impact their lives. Next month, join us when we talk about the Supreme Court with Sheila Kennedy, professor of law, School of Public and Environmental Affairs, Indiana University, Purdue University.